are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Well, good morning. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited about sharing God's Word with you this morning. And I know what time it is, and we're going to be okay, all right? So just relax, and I can move you through this and get you to where you need to be. So, in this month, we are talking about living generously, okay? And so we came through December this year talking more about money than we normally talk about money because of the situation we were in. And so, last week, when I get up here and I begin to say to you, uh, I want to talk to you about tithe. There had to be people in the room who were going, are you serious? He's going to talk about money even more than he was talking about money in December. And, and, and for some of you, I think it's one of these deals of, hey, we are faithful givers. We give our tithe. We give an offerings. And we got it. We're doing good. We don't need any more of that. For some of you, it might be, I don't tithe. I don't give. And I'm tired of hearing it. Okay. However, let me just tell you where my heart is in this. When in December, I stood here and talked to you about tithing. I begin to ask myself a question, and I really begin to struggle with this inwardly. And I begin to say, we got a lot of high school students right over here to my left. And when these high school students have been with me, hi, nice to see you, thanks for waving. When these high school students have been with me, say, four years during high school, and the primary preacher in their life is me, Rick. When they leave me, will they say, I think I have a very clear and can articulate a biblical understanding of tithe and why we give in proportion to our income? Or would they say, you know, Rick was my pastor and he talked about living generously, but he never really taught us a lot about that idea of tithing. And I don't think I've got it. Or if college students who say, you know, for four years I hung out at Bethany First Church, Rick was my pastor. Can I really talk to you in a really educated way about tithing and why we do that. No, I don't think Rick really ever gave me all of that, okay? Or what about new believers who are coming in? And would they say, you know, I'm new to the church and I'm growing in my faith, but Rick has given me a good, solid foundation about tithing and Christian stewardship. And so I decided I really need to take a couple of weeks right now and kind of pause and talk about tithing. So that's where I'm at. Here's what I want to say to you today. And you may want to grab a worship folder and open it to the sermon notes section and write this down because this is just the heart and soul of what I want to share with you today. Here it is, okay? As you are a steward, okay, of what God has given you, the money that God has entrusted you with, you can be faithful. You hear me? You can be faithful in supporting God's work in proportion with your income, all right? You can be faithful in supporting God's work and trust in your heart that God is going to provide for you. You can be faithful in giving to God and trust in your heart that God is going to provide for you. Now, I find that in a book in the Old Testament. So, if I'm going to preach about tithing, what is the most likely book in the Old Testament that I would go with? I'll count to three and you say it really loud in unison. You ready? One, two, three. Malachi. That was kind of weak, man. First service had that one down, right? I don't want to disappoint, so go to Malachi chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 1, okay? So here's what's going on with Malachi. Israel, he calls them to genuine repentance. 
How many of you have ever said to God, I'm really sorry for my sin? Just raise your hand really high some point in your life. I mean, come on, everybody has almost done that. Sorry for my sin. Did you believe when you said, I'm sorry for my sin, that you were going to the next day commit the same sin? See, if you did, that wouldn't be repentance. To say I'm sorry and I'm going to repent means I'm going this direction with my life and I'm going to stop going this direction. I'm going to stop doing this sin. And I'm going to turn around and go the other way. He also, he also called them to sincere worship. You can come to church on Sunday morning. You can sing all the songs. You can get both hands in the air. Tears can either run down your face. But if you live your life throughout the week and your practices and your behavior and the way you treat people is not reflective of what happened Sunday morning, Malachi says your worship is not sincere. You're going through motions. And he called them to a holy life. God is holy. You should be holy. And today we talk in terms, since we saw God walk and live among us in the form of Jesus, we talk about being more like Jesus. Now, here are the words of the prophet. You ready? Verse, six, verse 3, chapter 3. I'll get it right in a minute. Chapter 3, verse 1. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from me and my decrees and have not kept them. So God's saying... You know, you haven't followed me like you should. Uh, you haven't kept my commands, but your, your, your parents didn't either. And if, and if I was a God who was, you know, un, not unchanging, I mean, I would probably take you out. But he says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, well, God, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now listen to the last part of this verse, and then I'm finished reading, okay? Trust me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. So here's what God is saying. If you trust me and you bring your whole tithe, 10% of everything you earn, if you bring it to my house, just see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven and just bless you so much that you don't even have room enough to keep all that I bless you with. What, what does that mean? So let's talk about it for a few minutes, okay? So I was in Nashville a few weeks ago, and I got in my mother-in-law's car. And, and, and as I'm backing out of her garage, I look over, and in the seat, uh, rather the side rack of the door on the passenger side, I saw something I haven't seen for a few years. You know what it was? An atlas. An actual book, a paper road atlas. And, and it hit me, man, I haven't seen an atlas in years. I mean, if I need directions to go somewhere, I open my phone and I go, hey, give me directions too. And I just say the address and, and I get directions. Sometimes I get on my laptop and I maybe type something in to see how long it would take me if I wanted to drive somewhere. But a paper atlas, I mean, 
you guys even know what those are? Have you ever seen those in your life? It's like a map and it's on paper and it's, you know, that, that's what it is. And I realize that there's a lot of things in my life like that. Now, my mother-in-law is 84 years old and she still likes an atlas. And I begin to think, you know what else I haven't bought for years? A watch. I never really liked wearing watches. I have some watches in a drawer at home. It would be hard-pressed to convince me to spend money on a watch because I'm used to finding the time by looking at my phone. And I know what time it is, by the way. I told you, I know what time it is, okay? You know what else? I don't buy an answering machine. I remember when Annette and I would go shopping at Walmart for an answering machine. I remember when we would buy things like alarm clocks. We actually had those sitting on our nightstands in our home not too many years ago. I mean, we used to buy a noise machine that we would set on our nightstand so we would hit a button and make white noise through the night. All of that is on our phone right now. Man, times have changed. But once in a while, I run into somebody like my mother-in-law who says, it's just too much. Can we just go back to the way things were? Is it okay if I just carry a road atlas in my car with me? Now that's what was happening with the people of Israel. They have been in captivity, okay, with Babylon. They've come out of captivity and they have high hopes. And you know what they're dreaming about? They're dreaming about the good old days. What if we can just go back to the way things were in the days of David, the glory days when David was king and our cities were populated and the crops were good and life was great. If we could just go back to the good old days and they come home with these high hopes. But reality starts to set in and the crops are poor and the cities aren't populated and life is challenging. And times are hard. And you know what they begin to say? They begin to say, how do we even know that God still cares about us? Because it doesn't feel like God is watching over anybody. They begin to say, it looks like to me that nobody's eye, nobody's eye is on the sparrow. And you know what they do? They started saying... I don't think we have enough. And we better hold on to what we have. And they started withholding their tithe. And they said, if I give this away, even to God, I mean, I don't know that I'm going to have enough. And no, I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to keep it to make sure that I have enough. But it wasn't just the tithe. There was great social injustice. And every prophet had to write about it. And there was intermarrying with other nations when God said, don't do that because if you start sleeping with that woman, she's going to be talking to you about her God and you're going to be tempted to serve her God. And divorce became very common. But listen to me. This week, I started sneezing like crazy. I started coughing. I was blowing my nose right and left. Now, those were only symptoms. The reason I was blowing my nose and my nose was running and I was sneezing and I was coughing was because I had a cold. The cold was the issue. The sneezing wasn't the issue. The coughing wasn't the issue. It was the cold. And so withholding tithe for the people of Israel and social injustice and intermarriage were symptoms. Do you know what the issue was? I don't trust God. I'm not convinced that He's going to watch out for me. 
And all of a sudden, 2016, Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, on a Sunday morning, there is this aha. Pastor Rick, I'm not going to lie to you. I relate to those people. Because every time I've been tempted to hold on to my money, it was because I was afraid there would not be enough for me. I'm not justifying their behavior, Pastor Rick. I'm just saying I get it. We all know what it is to ask the question, if I give it away, then will there be enough for me? All right, so um, I I can be pretty, uh, like, self-disclosing or confessional, sometimes to the point that my wife gets really uncomfortable when I'm preaching. And and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about where I'm at these days, okay? So here's where I'm at. Um, And I think I'll handle this better than I did first service. But but, uh, I've been a little messed up in my head for a few weeks, okay? Just a little... I've been trying to work out the whole faith thing with this, all right? And it, and it hinges around the death of one of our staff members, Judy Dixon. And so I've just been struggling with it. She passed away a few weeks ago. And, uh, and, and I don't have my head wrapped around it. I don't, I don't understand why some people get to live and some people die. And so I'm talking to God about it. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to just, you've got to let me work through this. Even though I'm your pastor, uh, I'm just like you. And when things like this happen close in life, you've got to process it. And I'm trying to get through it right now. Why do some people get healed with cancer and some people don't get healed with cancer? Right? Some people have cancer and then they live to be an old person. And some people have cancer and they die when they're younger. And, and I still feel like I'm going to walk in that staff meeting room on Monday morning and Judy's going to walk in with that little blue vest that she put on every morning she got cold, which was most every morning. And she hasn't shown back up yet. It kind of came on the heels of me losing two close pastor friends who were just a little older than me and pastoring churches like this one, and they both died. And that was in the last couple of months. And so all of a sudden, I'm kind of dealing with life going, wow, man, it looks like, I mean, any of us could check out any minute at this point, you know? And, and then there's all this other stuff besides, why does God let some people live and other people die? There is this, I don't think I have much time. I mean, even if I live to be an old man, I'm already 55. I mean, I've got what, 30 years at the very most? And how much am I really getting done in helping people come to know Jesus? And helping people become like Jesus. And somehow I've just been reminded that obviously, right? Obviously it is not about this world. Because we're here a little bit of time. It is obviously about another world. And I better begin to think harder about that world. Because I'm going to check out before long. And so, since I'm going to be meeting God pretty soon, I want to be right with Him. In every aspect of my life. This is where it hung for the people of Israel. 
God is saying, you and me, we're not right. Everything is not okay. It's not like I just turn my head to this stuff. It's not like it's not important to me. No, it matters. It's important and I'm not turning my head. I can't. I mean, I have been faithful. I am never changing. I've done what I said I would do. But you have been sinful. And your parents were the same way. And it's got to change. You're robbing me. But if you will return to me, I will return to you. Well, how do we return to you? And he says, it's really simple. You just, you just begin by bringing the whole tithe to the storehouse, to my house. Wow. Man, when I read those words, I'm just like, this is really important stuff to God, isn't it? And I guess I wonder who I'm looking at this morning who would say, you know what, Rick? All of my life, all of my life, I have made excuses. I have said things like, um, the church really wants your money. I don't think God really wants your money. All of my life, I've just kind of said, you know what? I give of my time. Well, I hope you're giving of your time because God in His Word calls us to give of our time, but He also calls us to give of our money. It's not like, uh, okay, there's a couple, I'll pick that one. It's not an option that we choose. It's a way of life for both, for all. And I wonder who I'm looking at this morning who is saying, you know what? It's, it's my time to shore up this one area of my life. And if you're wanting to go deeper in this conversation, if you want to go deeper in the Word in this conversation, we offer a class here that starts a week from Wednesday called Financial Peace University. And they go deeper. If you're wanting to meet to talk about stewardship and talk about tithing and talk about God's plan for money, Brad and Crystal Mercer give of their lives to help people walk that journey. One of our pastors just went through it, and he was very positive about what a positive influence that was in his life. Then even if you're upside down financially and you said we haven't controlled and managed money well and we feel kind of tight with life, I mean, that is the class for you to go to as well. So I'm going to move to another conversation, and this one's a little bit hard, so here we go. Um, I was playing golf with a friend one day at his golf course where he's a member, and he took me as his guest. And we're standing on a tee box, and we're getting ready to tee off, but we're talking to each other. And I look over at this house that's just beyond this tee box, pretty close by. And, and this one room, all you can see is just windows, okay? There's just windows. And inside the window, this is weird. I don't know why, but it was, maybe it's your home. And so, well, maybe it's not weird at all. It's not what you like, okay? But inside this window is this really large elephant. Very large elephant. Like a wooden carved elephant. And so I say to the guys, hey guys, excuse me, but can we just talk about the elephant in the room for a minute? <laughs> As if I'm the only person that ever thought of that joke. I'm sure everybody who stands on the tee box does. But I think there's an elephant in the room. And I think the elephant in the room is this. What about the last part of that scripture you read? Like if you will just bring your tithe and you will trust me then I will open the floodgates of heaven 
And I will bless you so much that you won't even begin to have room to store everything I'm going to give you. I mean, is that us? Are we the name it, claim it bunch? Are we the give God a dollar, he gives you ten back bunch? Well, seed faith going on here. You scratch God's back, he's going to scratch yours a little better. Is that what that's all about? You see, I've seen a lot of good Christian people who have lived for Jesus all their lives and given sacrificially and they were still poor. You? And then there's this other side of the conversation where you got a guy who says, I began giving God 10%, then I started giving him 20 and living on 80, then I started giving him 30 and living on 70, and now I give God 90% and I live on 10, and the guy is so wealthy I can't stand to look at him. How, how does that all balance? Do you know what God is literally talking about in this verse? Rain. (laughs) He's talking about rain. I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven and I'm going to let it rain. And your crops are going to produce. And then he even says in the next verse, and I won't even let the pest come and devour the crops once they begin to grow. I mean, I'm going to give you so much food that there is going to always be food on your table. And what God is saying is, I'm going to provide food. I'm going to provide for your needs. There's always going to be food for you to eat. Now, here's what it comes down to. It's like motivation. You know, God's always saying, I want to talk about your heart. Hey, Rick Harvey, guess what? What, God? I can see your heart. I mean, for God, it's always what's in the heart, right? Hey, Rick, what? I'm looking at your heart right now. (laughs) Okay, I'm not fooled, right? I'm praying in the mornings and God says, hey, Rick, what, God? I can see your heart. I know that's not what you're, you know, you're saying it, but you don't mean it. I can see your heart right now. And so I think it's always about why we give. What's the motivation? So every time I have a membership class and I'm done with this, okay, I tell this story. And the story is it's a what if story. What if, what if, what if, what if I said to Annette and my friends, I want to give Annette this big birthday party. What if it was a surprise? And what if... She came in the door and there were a hundred people there. And when she turned the light on, we all jumped up and said, surprise. And what if she was surprised? And what if she loved it? And what if it was a great party? And what if finally I gave her this really nice gift, like this dress, necklace, stuff like that, that I picked out, which has got to be a what if because I'm no good at that kind of stuff at all. And what if when everybody left and we're picking up all the cups and plates and dishes and putting everything away, she stops me in the kitchen and she says... I loved it. I loved the surprise. I loved the party. I loved the gifts. But you got to tell me something. Why did you do it? You've never done something like this. There's some really bad answers to that question, by the way. First bad answer. If I said to her, Annette, I have never in my life had a big birthday party. And so I thought if I gave you a big birthday party, maybe next year you would give me a big birthday party. I didn't do it for you, Annette. I did it for me. Not good. What if I said to her, hey, baby, here's the answer, okay? 
You remember when we were at a party a couple of months ago? Yeah, I remember the party. You remember when I was talking to these three guys and you were over there talking to those gals? Yeah, you remember me kind of winking at you? Yeah. You know what I was thinking when I winked at you? No, what were you thinking? I was thinking, man, she needs a better dress for parties like this. <laughs> oh, I know. I would never do that. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what the right answer is? I love you with all of my heart. Everything that I have is yours. And I love being in this covenant relationship with you. And I love giving to you. That's it. And so if I say to God, God, I gave in the offering today. You know why I gave? Because I was hoping if I gave you a buck, you would give me ten. Bad answer. No, God, I'll tell you why I gave. I gave because you need it. The church needs it. I I don't want to be offensive, but I just want to say this to you, okay? God let me know a long time ago, Rick Harvey, whether or not you give your money does not depend on whether or not I can do my work. I am God and I'm resourceful. And I don't know how to say this and be really sweet about it, but let me just tell you, God does not need me or my money. He is God. He can do anything He chooses. And I learned somewhere along the way that me giving was not about the church getting money. It was more about what God was doing through me when I gave. So I think that's about all I have to say about that. Okay? So... I'm going to do something a little bit different, and then we're going to leave. But it's a, it may be awkward to some of you. I don't want to make you feel awkward. But if the sermon was good for you and you want to pray about that, you're always free to. And I pray that God will speak to you through it in his word. But, but let's just transition and say it this way. I pray for people every day. And I wondered if there's anybody here today who needs me to pray for them now. Or one of our pastors to pray for you. And so Kyle and the guys are, gals are coming and we're going we're gonna to sing. But, but if you want to be prayed for today, any, for whatever reason that is, I, I'd love to lay my hands on you or another pastor come and just lay their hands on you and pray for you. So here's what I would say. While we're singing, if you just want to come and just stand along the front of the church like this right here, okay? And as you come and stand, one of us will just come and we'll just pray for you. And then after we've prayed for you, you can go back to where you were. Okay? So that's it. It's just, if you would love for one of us to pray for you today, uh, we would love to do that. And so you just come while we're singing and just stand here and one of us will come. You don't have to tell us why. You don't have to say anything if you want to. We'll just lay our hands on you and pray for you. Okay? So let's, let's stand together. And as we sing, if you want to come, and then after we've prayed, you can just go back to your seat. So pastors, come and join me. Would you, Blair, and others, just come and kind of join me around the front here, okay?
Father God, as we've been in this space and in this time together for the past hour, we're thankful, God, that you've come and you have met with us. We're thankful for your word that has been spoken to us. We ask, God, as we leave this place and as many have come and many needs have been lifted, God, may we leave this place with our hearts full knowing that you know our hearts and that all we have, God, we give to you. Every care, every worry, every doubt, every fear, every resource, everything we have, God, we give to you. And it is your name we pray and we give thanks. Everyone said together, amen. Would you receive this blessing? Would you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? And with all your strength, and love one another as yourselves. Go in his peace, you are dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.